A new United Nations report warns the impacts of climate change are increasing and inevitable. Experts say that we have until 2030 to avoid catastrophe. Temperatures in the Arctic have warmed about two to three times the global average. It will be very difficult and impossible for our children to control climate change. This is South of Two Degrees, and I am your host, Brian Barnes. It is so good to have you with us today on the only podcast dedicated to bringing unfiltered scientific research to the forefront of the climate conversation. Today's show should be an interesting one. You've likely heard of the social cost of carbon, but what about the social cost of methane? It's there that we'll spend our time today. So my friends, once more, into the fray. Welcome back, and today we're going to dive into a fascinating but little-discussed topic. Now, over the past few years, the social cost of carbon has become a more broadly discussed issue and has come into the mainstream. But while, as many of you remember from Episode 2 on Climate Change 101, methane has the global warming potential of 84 times that of carbon dioxide over a 20-year time span, and yet you don't hear its social cost discussed very often. That said, recent research coupled with the readjustments of the social costs of greenhouse gases to appropriate values under the Biden administration has put it in a spot where it should be discussed and you should know about it. And of course, that's why South of Two Degrees is here, to bring that research into the mainstream conversation. So let's get after it. Okay, so let's start by asking and answering what exactly is covered by the term social cost and why is it used? Without going too technical on you, social cost is an economic term used to describe either the positive or negative externalities of a transaction or more simply, the cost or benefit society is exposed to as a result of a transaction or practice. With regards to anthropogenic climate change, this is the monetary cost imposed on society by putting one ton of a specific greenhouse gas into the atmosphere. Part of the reason you hear the social cost of carbon is, aside from it being the most prevalent greenhouse gas, that other greenhouse gases are translated into carbon dioxide equivalents. There is, however, a benefit to accuracy when we apply a social cost to an individual gas. Now let's put this in practical terms by looking at a quick scenario. Say a coal-fired power plant near Stillwater, Oklahoma, where I grew up, is pumping out carbon dioxide in order to produce electricity. The thing the coal plant would have looked at for years is to evaluate what the cost of all its inputs are. The mining of the coal, the transportation cost to get the coal to the plant, the cost of the equipment to burn the coal and turn it into electricity, the salary of its employees that are required to run the equipment, and finally the transmission costs of the produced electricity to the end consumer. All of these sit on one side of a scale, while the other side of the scale is the money the consumer pays for the electricity. If the side of the scale that has the money paid by the consumer is greater than that of the inputs, then it's a profitable endeavor. Simple enough, right? Now let's assign some rough numbers to our Oklahoma coal plant. One kilowatt hour, the amount of energy required to run your microwave for an hour, which, quick aside, don't do that in one go. It'll completely ruin whatever you're trying to reheat. Anyway, that produces about 2.21 pounds of carbon dioxide. The cost to produce that one kilowatt hour of electricity costs roughly six cents, and the average electricity price to the consumer in Stillwater, Oklahoma is 10.01 cents per kilowatt hour. With a profit margin of four cents per kilowatt hour, or 40%, it makes a hell of a lot of sense to produce that from a business standpoint. Straightforward, right? Well, Yes, when you think about it simply, but there are a ton, 
not to make a pun, of other costs that should be included yet haven't for many years. So what about the cost on society? Well, let's now figure in the cost of deaths from air pollution. I know it's hard to assign a price for human life, but we've been through this before, so I'll just move on. Let's add in the cost of asthma attacks and breathing-related ER visits. Now let's look at how crop yields reduce as Oklahoma temperatures increase. And for comparison's sake, the long-term average temperature in Oklahoma is 59.9 degrees Fahrenheit and has been on a continual warming trend since the 90s and is approximately 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit hotter from 2010 to 2019 than it was from 1900 to 1910. So what is the cost there? All that needs to be taken into account. Now, the Biden administration set the temporary standard for the social cost of carbon at $51 per ton on February 26th of this year, with the understanding that a working group would analyze it and make a recommendation for further adjustment, which could, in all sincerity, be much higher. Now, let's apply that cost to our Oklahoma coal plant. If the owner of said coal plant, in this case it would be OG&E, had to cover the social cost of carbon, then using the current federal standards that would add 5.6 cents per kilowatt hour to their cost. Suddenly they go from making 40% to losing 15.8% on every kilowatt hour sold to consumers. Unfortunately, in the past, electrical production companies weren't charged that cost. Rather, that was passed on to the consumers in the form of increased taxes, increased health care and insurance costs, increased food prices, etc. All because the impact of emissions wasn't properly assigned. Thankfully, however, that is starting to change. And with any business, especially public ones, if you can find cheaper ways to get your product to your customers, you damn sure better believe it'll happen. That is why it's so important all the factors are taken into account. And when they are, renewables have started to win. Not just on a health of the planet perspective either, but also on the bottom line of energy production companies. Now that we have defined social cost and looked at how that plays into CO2 emissions, what about the other gases? What is the social cost of methane or nitrous oxide? Well, the Biden administration has pegged both of those as well. Current standards put the social cost of methane at $1,500 per ton and the social cost of nitrous oxide at a whopping $18,000 per ton. Today, however, we're going to dive specifically into methane. Why, you ask? Well, aside from it being important just to be knowledgeable about it, a great paper was just published on it in Nature, and as the whole point of the show is to bring the latest research directly to you, it just kind of made sense. Plus, and I'm going to insert a rare opinion here, knowing about the social cost of one of the other main greenhouse gases will serve to assist, strengthen, and augment any conversation you happen to have on the social cost of carbon. With all that said, let's dive in. Now, today's paper takes an interesting approach that we'll get to in a minute, and as with so many scientific papers, the denouement is given away in the title, so I'll hold off on that for a second as well. Now, the paper is extremely complex in that it compares four different climate models coupled with two integrated assessment models and constrained them to observations between 1850 and 2017. As a quick refresher, a climate model is a quantitative simulation of the interactions of the main drivers of the climate, and an integrated assessment model, or IAM, can be either a simplistic or extremely complex model that is, if I'm being honest, hard to explain, as almost anything I name it as can be contradicted with an exception. Put as simply as I can, it's a way to look at human natural system interfaces to provide a cost-benefit analysis to questions of what if. 
In fact, maybe we should do a show just on models at some point. If that's of interest, shoot us a DM or email here at the show and maybe we'll put one together for you. I've digressed a fair bit there, so my bet is the majority of you really don't care about the names of the different models, so I'll skip them for now. But on the off chance you do, either email us at info at southof2degrees.org and we'll get them sent over to you, or you can pop over to the website where you can always find the direct link to the studies. Or you can pop over to the website where you can always find the direct links to the studies discussed on this show. Back to the paper. The amazing bit is the authors then ran 100,000 simulations on each climate model integrated assessment model combo, totaling 800,000 simulations, each of which produced unique social cost of methane estimates. When totaled up, the mean value for the social cost of CH4 within the 5 to 95% range was 933 US dollars. Now, before you go, hold up, Ryan, you just said the Biden administration set it at 1500 What gives? There's a couple items of note. First off, a standard 3% discount rate was used along with $2,007. Why use $2,007, you ask? The easy answer is for sake of comparison is $2,007 in a constant 3% discount rate are what the U.S. federal government uses in their calculation, yet the Biden administration had to set a modern-day number. In doing so, are they way out of whack? Actually, yes and no, but not how you may think. You see, even within using the $2,007, a $1,500 price tag falls within the 5 to 95% range, so one could argue it still makes sense. However, something has been left out. Something critical. Know what it is? Nope. How about equity? When you think about it, we live in a big, bold, and beautifully diverse world. While all people should be treated equally, cultures and even subsects within a culture don't operate that way. There will always be those that live close to harmful regions and those that don't. There will always be those that can withstand a short-term financial hardship, and those that can't. There will always be those that create a problem, and those that are most impacted by it. Sad as it is to say, there will always be an us and a them. While we should endeavor to not so divides, it is only fair that we calculate social costs with those realities in place. It is therefore imperative that we use an equity weighting when coming up with the social cost of methane, or CO2 for that matter. So what does that do to the author's previous findings? Well, that's what they discuss in the second half of their paper, which I'll now reveal is called Equity is More Important for the Social Cost of Methane Than Climate Uncertainty, and was published a month ago today on the 21st of April, 2021. So how does equity weighting work? Well, for starters, it alters the calculation such that damages from climate change on wealthier populations is weighted less heavily than those damages affecting low-income populations. Now, don't go down the rabbit hole of demonizing those that have been successful on me. It's a simple matter of utility. For example, if I make $10 an hour and you accidentally bump into me and knock my $15 lunch to the ground, I'm probably going to have to skip that meal. If I make $150 an hour and the same thing happens, I'm going to be upset, sure, but I'm also likely going to go spend another $15 on lunch. The point here is that while the detrimental issue is the same, 
My utility, or rather my ability to cope with those effects, is dependent on my economic status. So it is the same with dealing with the effects of climate change, and thus we need to set a social cost of methane, so we should use an equity weighting to make sure it is applied justly. Now, while we won't be diving into the term today, I'm sure you have heard climate justice. As a quick FYI, equity weighting is a major component of that. So now, what does an equity-weighted social cost of methane look like? Does it vary by region? Well, let's start with the fact that equity weighting isn't new as it is a common approach in standard economic theory. Equity-weighted social cost of carbon is a common discussion point and used by the German government, but according to the authors, only a single equity-weighted social cost of methane exists and doesn't take into account climate uncertainties. That is why our paper today is so important. Hold up, Ryan. The title of the paper said it's more important than climate uncertainty. What do they mean by that? Well, without making today's show extremely complicated, it's referring to what we call the damage function. You see, our future is uncertain, and as we have no historical basis to go off of, we must estimate the future damages using uncertain variables and couple that with an estimate of how society will adapt. Told you it's complicated. But back to the paper. Basically, it found that equity weighting had a significantly larger impact on the social cost of methane than the damage function did. So what are the findings, you ask? Well, it's interesting because when you apply an equity weighting to capture the same loss in utility across different regions of the globe, suddenly the social cost of methane looks very different. So much so that it even surprised the authors. The equity weighted social cost of methane in the U.S., came out to be $8,290 a ton. Yet in sub-Saharan Africa, it was found to be only $134 a ton. Crazy, right? Well, the paper simplifies this outcome by noting, quote, to put it another way, Americans and sub-Saharan Africans would sacrifice the same amount of well-being by paying about $8,000 and $100 respectively to prevent one ton of methane emissions, but they would provide the same climate benefit for future generations, end quote. Pretty fascinating stuff, huh? Hopefully this will serve to keep you better informed when it comes to hearing about climate justice and the social costs of greenhouse gases. While our future is uncertain, this brings to light that we all should do what we can and share in our sacrifice to address anthropogenic climate change. For now, though, that wraps up another episode of South of Two Degrees. We are off next week, but be sure to come back here in two weeks as we have a much-anticipated interview with one of the world's top climate scientists. I really think you all are going to love hearing from her. As always, aside from checking out the latest information on our website, blog, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram, do this for me. Tell one other person about this show in the next week. Have at least one conversation about climate change with someone else. And above all, make sure to keep it south of two degrees. <laughs>